Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Curtis. And today we are here with Maurizio Iacono of Cataclysm, XDO, Invictus, Heart Impact, Management, and Continental Touring. Welcome, Maurizio. Did I forget anything? Distortion Music Group. The only other thing I have, like, it's like a small record label I started not long ago, but yeah. Okay, awesome. I do a lot of things, you know, I wear many hats. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, Thank you so much for squeezing us in your schedule. I know you're about to leave on tour, so thanks for coming on to the podcast. Uh, No problem. No problem at all. Um, To kick things off, I think, like you said, you wear a lot of hats, and I think um, most of our listener base is going to be familiar with your music, um, but they may not know how involved you are in the music business side of things. So would you be so kind as to give us a summary of like what you do in the metal music industry and how you got there? Well, I, you know, I obviously started real young. Um, I mean, I think I was young when I was 16, 17 years old. I, I got a record deal really quickly. Um, coming, up, I was in high school or high school band, pretty much Cataclysm. That's how it started. And um, we got we got signed to Nuclear Blast pretty quickly after our first demo. And uh, from there, I decided to uh, get really interested in how everything works. Uh, it wasn't just I wasn't I was never just interested in being a musician, although that was my first passion and still in many ways is my main thing that I love to do. Um, uh, I I decided to really get involved into how things work, you know, f- from a mechanical point of view or almost like from the how do you make the CDs? How do why is this that like I have a lot of questions. So I. I started getting into it, and um, and as I was progressing, I learned that that I, I was able to, although I made mistakes, I was able to uh, really repair them quickly and be able to learn um, how to maneuver. And with time, it just it just started kind of leading me towards management uh, for bands because I kind of I kind of was touring with a lot of these guys out there, and and I was backstage on festivals and talking to a lot of musicians and stuff, and then they were telling me, man this is screwed up. This is, and I said, why don't you try this and that? And then they did it and it worked. So I was like, well, maybe I could do something. And at some point, um, a guy called Andy Siri, that was a nuclear blast for a very long time in Germany, told me you would be a really good manager. If you were, if you, if you were to apply yourself into it, uh, that could be something. So I, 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 uh, I kind of took that as a signal and I was like, okay, let me see. And uh, I started dabbling into it a little bit. And then I, I in 2000, I believe in 2007 or eight or something like that, I was on tour with XDAO in Europe and I was starting uh, to kind of help bands already. I was working kind of with Decapitated and a couple of bands I was kind of helping on the side. Um, and I fell on a band called Ailstorm over there that I was touring with. They were on my on my roster and uh, we were on the same package. It was a pagan fest in Europe and uh, we were there touring. And then I, I, the band was in shambles they were they were all over the place 
they didn't own their merch like everything was just real bad like they were about to break up and and i and i saw what the crowd was like really going nuts for them and i was like there's there's got to be something to be done here and i kind of stepped in offered my services to help them and then from there kind of everything opened up uh, as far as management's concerned so i started with them and then just developed them to uh, work with them for over 10 years and uh, from there, I signed all kinds of different bands from Flesh Got Apocalypse, Septic Flesh, just a lot of bands. And uh, I kind of had that uh, in me, I guess. It was just something natural, you know. And uh, I just, you know, like I said, I study everything. And the most important thing for bands are agencies. And I like to develop bands. And I, I, I always thought there was never anybody out there to really develop bands. You know, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of agencies that take bands that are already established which is easy to do, but to take a band from the, from the bottom and to break him, that's the biggest challenge, you know? So I, we started an agency kind of focused on that and it kind of developed into a, like a mid-level, you know, we're doing probably one out of the two tours you're seeing right now, you know, in, in the States or we, we are kind Pretty of- Pretty much 80% of the shows. A lot, yeah. So yeah, we, we, do, we do a lot of tours. So we got a lot, big roster, about over 50 bands right now. So- like I said, it's just, you know, it, it, you followed, I, I always follow my gut feeling, you know, my instinct, and that's what it brought me, you know what I mean, in the end. Um, I, I, I do too much. I've been told that, that I've, I do way too much. I was like, I, like, I don't have enough with all this. I start a record label kind of, you know, so it's kind of like, and, and I, I have to kind of slow down a little bit on certain things and concentrate on what I have, you know, but it's, it's kind of like the, like, you know, the, the, cookie jar and I'm going like this and it's like stop you know <laughs> it's like just what just... else can I do right, right. so what? but I'm 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 happy I, I'm a workaholic and I can't I can't just do nothing and I don't know just the way I am you know so that's how pretty much it all got started oh I wanted to ask though what do you consider to be your main gig out of everything that you do if you have well, a main gig when I'm home I I it's 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 mainly management because I that's but management, I bring it everywhere. And that the problem with management is it is, a, it is a problem because if you're in a Sunday afternoon and you're spending time with your family or doing whatever, here comes a phone call. There's a band with troubles somewhere in Sweden or somewhere in Japan, and I have to fix it. So that's that's where it gets tough, you know, uh, when, when you're running a management company. Because it's like being a doctor. It's 24-7. There's bands everywhere. Things are happening. So it's very difficult, you know, to to kind of have that thing where you want to sometimes do nine to five, you know, nobody wants to do the nine to five, but sometimes it's cool because you could just shut off, you know, like with this, you can't. So that's the problem. Like, like that's the, the way I see it as a problem, you know, for, for kind of like the stress level. Other than that, I adore what I do and it's, 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 you know, part of who I am and it's fine, you know. Cool. So. Yeah, it's that work-life balance that you just really can't. Your work becomes your life. Exactly, you know, and it's it, and it's. I've learned with time, although I'm I'm difficult because if if I get a message, I'm not gonna ignore it. It's just not the way I am, right? So I'm gonna be like, "What's the problem? What can I do?" You know, to fix it, and that's just the way I am. So, so I'm very involved, you know. So it's and it's it's hard to balance that, you know, management and all that stuff, and then playing a band. You know, and then not one, but I decided to do two. And then like, let me do a solo. And that's like, <laughs> so, it's so much. How do you how do you manage it all? 
Well, I just, you know, right now we're, we're, we're doing a cataclysm record. I just did the Invictus record, put it out. We went through some crazy stuff with that record and, and it, it, it's out done. And now I'm like, all right, what's next? Right. So it's just kind of goes like this, you know, and it's like, I just keep going with the flow time to do this time to do that. You know, it's just, I feel bad for the guys that work with me, you know, that are like, I'm like, let's do it. And they're like, really? And again, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, I just feel that uh, uh, for me, management is work, right? I have passion in it, but it's work. Uh, I help people. I help their careers. I, I, I'm involved, like if I'm a band member with them. But with Cataclysm, XDAO, that's passion. With XDAO, it's more passion because it's historic. It's like kind of kind of where I come from with my roots and all that. So I'm very involved with that. I like that, right? But with Cataclysm, it's therapeutic. Invictus also therapeutic. So I, 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 so I have to write. You know, it's like that's it's like reading a book for some people. For me, I have to write. So that that's that's it's it's not just I need a paycheck. See, it's not about that. I just do management. I'm okay. I do cataclysm and all the other stuff because it's therapeutic for me. So it's a different vibe. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, I think a lot of musicians. You know, it's not easy to make a living with with music, so a lot of them do it because it's just something they have to. It it wasn't easy back then. It's it's harder now. You know, if you're not a star, it's really hard now. Is it harder now? What do you think the major differences are now? Well, you know, it's it's there's good now, right? Like the good is that you have direct contact to your fans, which is already like a big plus. You have, um, you're able, if you want to start a buzz on your own, being able to release your music on your own, have your own distribution, printing your own CDs, you have all those elements. The, the, the element that's impossible almost to be when you're on your own is touring. You need an agency for that. You need a guy like me to believe in you, bring you out, right? So that that's the number one thing for a band to really make money. You need the road. But uh, for example, uh, when it comes to um, in general aspect, it's easier on that level. Back in the day, however, you had record labels that put a lot of money in you. If they believed in you, they were like, how much money do you need to go on tour? Well, we need flights. We need tour bus. We need this. And they'll be like, all right, here's 30 grand. Go. If you, if you, if you don't do well, then you're done. But if you do well, you had a chance, right? So if you were good, you know you could do it. So there was a different, it was a different world back then. Like, I mean, I, I don't consider myself old, but I come from a very long, you know, uh, span of time when we're in the sense of for when I, be, when I started this, the internet was a fax machine. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's, there was no internet. Like at the beginning, beginning, I'm talking about like, like mid nineties, you know, like there was no, there was no internet. It was not some, everybody's on MS-DOS at school, like trying to figure out what this was. And it's like crazy. It's, there was no, you know, you know, it, it, it's a completely different world. So you have, to, you have to adapt. But back then it was all, you know, word to mouth. Uh, it, uh, the, you buy CDs, see, you're selling product. Now, what happened is they were ripping off artists back in the day. In my opinion, this is really how it is. You know, I'm not I'm not a guy to mince my words when it comes to record labels and stuff like that. It was easy to rip off bands with CDs, vinyl, uh, you know, whatever they produce. Uh, but 
you still could kind of account for it and be able to kind of, you know, be able to make some money. They just signed bad record deals. You'd be, you'd be screwed. Fast forward to now, you know, you can't sell product as much unless you're on the road. Uh, everything is in the air, meaning digital. You can't really control it. The, it, it. Now they give you high royalty on product like CDs and vinyl, right? They're, they, now they're not, they have no problem paying the artist when it comes to vinyl and CDs and stuff like that now because it's obsolete, right? It's not what it was. But the digital just screw you on that, right? So, so that's that's the difference, right? Like they, they used to be like, yeah, no problem. Here's 80% of the digital you keep it. They didn't believe in it. But now it's the only thing that matters. So now it's like, oh, here's 30%. You know, like here's, they like, they do these deals that you can nowhere, it's nowhere near what it was for making money on a CD versus that, you know? So it has to get adjusted. It will, it'll take time. So the road remains the main income maker for bands. Interesting. Um. What do you think that you see indie bands doing wrong in general uh, these days? Unsigned bands? You mean like bands that are unsigned? Like unsigned, yeah, independent bands. Um, it's, 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 it's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's that there's too many. So when you have, you know, 300 bands sending you music, a guy like me that's busy already, I get 300 bands sending me music all the time. It's very difficult for me to take time and, and and listen to everything. It's it's actually different than back in the day. Back in the day, they would release music, and it sounded like shit. It's in a cassette. You're trying to fucking listen. It's no good. Now it's way easier. So they send you a link. You listen to it. The productions are higher. People have way more money to invest in their bands now. They're actually able to even tell you, hey, you know, here's this much money. Bring me on tour. They got money. It's a different, completely different ballgame, actually. And I'd say I'd, I'd venture to say a lot of indie bands have more money than the actual artists out there signed. So <laughs> it's it's I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I think there's just too much. So the competition is way higher to get noticed. And I and the one thing I would I would, you know, advise to bands, find your own path. Because a lot of bands, they look at whatever is working right now and they jump on it. There, there's, you know, one pirate band, now there's 15. There's a Monomar, now there's 200 of them. It's like, as soon as it works, they feel that's the only way they're going to get recognized. And now they're not doing what they're really meant to do, which is be themselves with their own product. You know what I mean? So I think that they need to, if they think they're in the, and be your best critic, right? If you think that you're good, that you know, you listen to your own music and you say, man, I, I really enjoy listening to my music, right? Then other people will do the same. But if you suck and you believe that you're good, it's a different story, you know? So that that's gonna take a long time to convince other people that you're, that, you know, got what it takes. So, um, you know, be a hardest critic of yourself. Whatever you do to others, do to yourself. Meaning like you listen to a song, they suck, new album sucks. You're gonna hear that all the time. Do that to yourself when you're writing music. And then from there, just, you know, as much as you can push it on, on social media, because that's where it, everything's at right now. I wanted to jump in really quickly, which was, um, when do you think bands are ready to contact you? Um, they you gotta, for they touring got, and management, like the different things. 
Very good question. So basically, um, honestly, it's they got to have a buzz already internally. There's got to be something because for me to take something that's completely unknown and take it from nothing and to start a buzz on it, it's going to take a lot of resource, a lot of time. And it's something I just don't have. And, and if I'm like that, all the big guys, all the big record labels are even worse. Sometimes they'll take a chance, right? They'll throw something out there and see how, to, how it works. Problem with that is if you do that and it fails, the band's scarred, right? Like everywhere they'll turn, they'll be like, how come you got dropped How from your record label? How come they oh, wow, you have really bad stream numbers. Then you're in that place where to regain that credibility is very difficult. So it's really important, in my opinion, at least in the beginning, in this day and age, to work on your own thing and get that buzz going on your own. Either, either way, it's local or internationally, however you do it, you got to get that social media moving. You got to get those people you. You got to get all of that stuff going, and and um, you you like you got to you got to interact with other bands. You know, go on their pages. You like just be out there and promote your your brand. You know, you have to be the first believer in your brand. That's very important. You know, so you got to create a buzz first. At least have some sort of following. You know what I mean? Like something, and and I think then you get my attention. And and then with that, like I, I the one one good example of a band we signed that that is growing quickly, is doing well, is Storm Ruler from uh, St. Louis. Okay. So they they're on Napalm, right? And Napalm wanted to sign the band, but he says, "I need a guy like you behind him." What do you think? I said, "Well, do you believe in the band?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I was like, "That's why we're coming to you." And I said, "Well, let me look at it." And I said, "Fuck, these guys are great." So I was like, this sounded like dissection. And I was like, this is going to be a really good band. And I said, all right, let's do it. And I can see like how they're slowly climbing on their own, right? But they already had kind of a buzz. They had, a, they had an image, they had a good logo, they had a good artwork. They, they, you know, you got to, like I said, be your biggest critic. You know, they were kind of ready for that already, you know? So it depends. Some band need more time. You know, it, it's, it's, and and it's, there's so much out there. It's it's really like what I'm what I'm telling you. It's overcrowded. It's overcrowded. So for sure, I, if if you're willing to dig down a little bit deeper, and if not, that's totally fine. Like, what would you consider to be in terms of numbers, like streaming numbers and stuff, to be, you know, a buzz? Like, because some bands will go like, "Well, I have 500 streams." Like, what do you, like for you? Well, I mean, if you're independent. I mean, like you're on your own now. You went like with uh, I don't know some some digital distributors out there, anybody, okay? Yeah. And you're doing DistroKid, whatever. You're doing it on your own, releasing your stuff, promoting it, whatever. And all all of a sudden, you got between five and ten thousand monthly followers on stream, right? That's impressive for somebody that's got no marketing, no power behind it, nobody talking about it, no touring. If you can get to that level on your own, you already got a buzz. So 500 is not enough, Good. right? A thousand, you're starting to move, you know? Mm -hmm. That means a thousand people around the world are listening to your stuff constantly. Yep. You, gotta, you gotta look at it that way, right? So if if you come to me and says, I, we, got, we got what it takes. We're like this, we, we're gonna work hard. We're gonna do all this stuff. I'm gonna be like, all right, you already did you do the legwork right like 
okay, you have 1,500 people, let's say, following you, for example, or monthly, right? Let's say as an example. And uh, I'll be like, okay, you got something there. And then, I, and then I'll look at everything. And then if the band, because the other problem is, and, and that's really a problem now uh, that we're facing with developing bands, this is this is something that's becoming the biggest issue is to try and get them to be on the road do you have money to sustain it gas is out, out of the, out of this world uh renting a vehicle is crazy just to get on a package is insane because everybody's out there just like when you have too much choice and you're a big band you're not going to go and get whatever right so what do they do some of them ask for money you know, so you got you got that type of thing, you know, so it's it's like I said, it's 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 uh, it's not an easy I don't want to paint a bleak picture of the whole thing, but it's a very tough competitive industry, even if it's underground. Yeah, I was just curious, because a lot of bands will be like, well, I need a manager in order to get to that next level and they'll go for a hunt and then they'll hire like a scam manager or whatever, you know, so um, now what There's else? Plenty of those. I wanted to ask you about that. Can you give go over what some, in your opinion, are some red flags of uh, when someone's looking for a manager? Anybody that's going to ask you a monthly fee and they're going to just put you Lots on their those. Facebook, hey, this band is with us and this is the music and they don't bring you results. It's going to be only because they want that monthly fee. And there's a lot of those. So it's, it's, you want a manager that believes in you. It, it's like, he's, he's coming in there, not asking you for money. He's going to be like, okay, I'm putting my time with you. I got artists that I've even developed now that are, you know, out there without mentioning names that are doing well. And if I see that the money's tight, I don't charge them, you know, because I'm a musician first. And I understand the struggle, you know? So to me, it's about if you're making money, then I'll take my cut. I see it like that. So, so there's managements that are, don't do the monthly thing, but even if you're dying, they're like, give me my money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not like that, right? I, I never believed in that. So, so that's one thing. But anybody that's going to be like, yeah, give me 500 bucks a month or $1,000 a month and I'll get you out there. Don't worry. I have all the connections. All they're doing is taking an email, sending it to the label and the label's not even going to pay attention. And it says, well, they're not interested. Well, then let's keep working together. See where we can get, you know. And then you're there like this, you know. And that's, I, I think that's a scam to me, right? If you're doing a consulting thing, so why, why not do a consult? Consulting's different. You pay me for my advice, what you should do. And I and I think that's okay. But when you're saying, yeah, you, you can be on my management team because I have a big band, and but the, you're not big, then you have to pay to be with me. I don't believe in that. That's just not me. Fair know? enough. To me, that's a scam. You know? in, any others that you can think of other than the monthly fee? Um, well, the... So it, that's that's when you go into the complex uh, question because you know then you can get a legitimate management team, but they just make you sign a real shitty deal, or they own your ass. You know, same way as a record label owns your ass. The artist is the most the biggest victim there is all the time. Right, you're the creator. You just want your music out there, play it for fans, enjoy your life, and do all that stuff. But everybody else is like, give me this, give me that. You know. 
So I got in it because I, I, I really thought I could help, you know, as a musician first, because I, I, I know the struggle. I know how it is. You know, when you see all, like I told you, I saw all the guys in Illstrom in their backstage after doing a, a show that, you know, thousand people are screaming the band's name. They're in the backstage, like almost crying on a fucking sofa because they're like, fuck, we have no merch. We're like, we don't know where we're going. That's actually the truth, you know, of, of okay, you know, let me help you. You know what I mean? And it's and it's like, there's a lot of that. Even if, like, so the big battle, this is how hard it is, so you guys understand. The big battle is to get recognized, right? Once you get recognized, there's a secondary battle, which is the biggest one ever, is for people, for the general public to like you and to get payment or to do well. So there's, there's the first battle, fuck, I finally got recognized. Then it's like, okay, now does the world want you or not? <laughs> so that's... That's the other one, right? So so it's an ongoing battle, like in a way, you know, when you're in the music business, it's not an easy thing, but, um, it, you know, it's a good challenge. And and if people are into, into it for the fight, then they should do it, you know, not care about what anybody thinks, you know what I mean? They should just go for it. So because if, if, if you look at all this, you might be discouraged and I'm not doing that. I'm not saying don't do it because I'm, I'm one of those, right? Everybody told me not to do it. I, like I said, I come from an Italian family. First thing was like, cut your hair. What are you doing? Get a real job. Go do this. And I'm like, I want to play music. I want to play metal. You know. So it's like, yeah. So that's that's how it is. You know. At least that's my understanding of it. After all these years. So other than having a buzz, um, what makes a band stand out to you as somebody that you want to help develop? They, they they have to have the right attitude as far as like the attitude is you know it's whatever it takes i have i want to make it like like if you if i say you might have to do this tour and it's going to be very difficult you're going to be in a van it's going to be like this it's, it's real hard but if you do this we're going to be uh visually in a much better place i'll be able to pitch get you in a bigger place and with some money next time but you're going to suffer are you willing to do that you know, that's that's the the big one, right? Like right off the bat. In the beginning, some bands will do it one time, but you might have three times. This is not something that is just once and you're big. That's the big, big mistake a lot of bands think. They think you go in there and you get a big tour. You're, you're opening for a Montmartre. It's over. I got it. Everybody's going to see me. They're going to love me. It doesn't mean anything. They're going for a Montmartre. They happen to see you. Then better like you if they like you they'll remember your name they might not buy your album you got to come again i remember that band they were awesome they're awesome again you know what i'm going to support them and buy the record it's it's that longevity of of keep pounding it you know pounding and pounding and then things are going to happen it's 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 and again if the music is right if you believe in it you know it's it's all these things but I, i'm i'm you know i'm a big believer in hard work and, and like just just do it you know what i mean like just don't take no for an answer i'm, I'm very like that so which got me into hot water many times but <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> yeah i have a I, I was kind of curious like when did you kind of feel like one of any of your bands kind of made it like you said like what what, what was it that actually made you kind of feel like you know what i mean that i made it like that you made, made it like, like with cataclysm, you mean? Yeah, with cataclysm. Um, so 
I think it happened in Europe for sure, right? The U.S. was always difficult for cataclysm. Um, it, it it had a buzz at some point. It, things were okay, but it's it's always been Europe for for some reason, especially Germany. That's that's a huge market for cataclysm, and I think it was um, when we toured like we. Europe is different because they got all these open airs, right? So like when, when you go over there and you get exposed to like 50,000 people at Wacken or or if you're going to Summer Breeze, 30,000 people see you and then you're going into a club run, they're like, they remember you from the open air. They go see you in the club. The reaction is big and then you're exposed way more. So the system in Europe for exposure is way bigger than the US for, for metal, especially what I do, the underground stuff more, right? Um, so the system is because here we have a lot of festivals in the States, but they're all like, you know, Rockville and things that are like really commercial. We don't have anything. You know, Jamie Jasta is bringing back uh, Milwaukee metal fest, which is awesome. So like things like that, the new England metal fest used to happen. Like think if, if you got stuff like that, you get that chance to be exposed to a lot of people at once. That's very important for cataclysm. It was when we did a summer run on the album shadows and dust, it was, and we were doing a summer run because we had festivals and we didn't know what the band was worth at that time. And we were just, we knew we had a buzz, but we didn't know anything. And we, I went into, we went into these clubs and they were all sold out. And then I was like, okay, what the hell's going on? You know, like, like I knew that there's something there. And then the following uh, tours that we did after that, we were touring with bands like Cannibal Corpse and we were outselling them in merch and doing all this stuff then you know when the half the place got your shirt on that you got it right so so that's that's the type of that's the type of thing that's that's a signal merchandise should be a, a really good indicator a lot of people uh that are unsigned or starting off are going to go to a show and people are going like awesome yeah they're screaming it's great you feel like they love you but then you go and you sold two shirts that is an indicator. If you're, you're the people that go and that actually spend the money on your shirt, on your CD, and you're selling, that's the indicator. It, so whatever you hear out there, um, this is an inside thing. We look at merch numbers because merchandise is where we know if the band's doing well. How much is the count per head? If there's 200 people. Did you sell for five dollars a head, three dollars a head, six dollars? That's how you you manage to see the 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 strength of the band. Interesting. Know? So so it, that's a very good indicator that you are growing, you know. And then you start thinking, my last tour did two dollars a head. Now I'm doing four dollars a head, you know. So I've doubled in size, and that's very important indicator because that's how you gauge it. So because you need numbers right to show people. So it's either attendance. Or it's or it's how you're doing on merch. Internally, it's merchandise. Outside, it's your attendance. So if you're headlining and there's 500 people every night, the that's what you go out there to other promoters because you want to get on the bigger band tour. Well, we pulled 500 on our own everywhere. They're like, okay, that's a good number. We'll get you on this tour, right? If you're doing 50 people a night, they'll be like, yeah, sorry, dude, we got another 55 bands that are doing 500 a night. We're gonna. We're going to pick one of those. And that's the reality of the industry that you, because you're going to notice, I'm going to throw some stuff out here and you guys do sure. whatever you want with it. Um, you're going to notice that there's like this elite kind of uh, surrounding bands that always tour together. 
you're going to have, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but you're going to have, like, we know. you got four or five bands that are always together, you know, and it's like over and over and over and over and over. And it's like, then it's not them. It's going to be somebody else. And then all of a sudden you're going to have an opener on that same package that you see the same bands always together. And that band is going to be something that's coming out of nowhere. That's popping. That's that band that's doing 500, 600 on their own. They're selling $8,000 worth of merch or something crazy. And now they want that. So they'll grab that. It's never because they want to give somebody an opportunity. It's because it's easy for them to sell tickets on their package. So that's that's the truth, right? They'll paint whatever they want to paint it out there, but that's the truth. So, so you know, it, I'm, in a, I'm in, a, in a different world where we have to develop bands because if we don't, there's not going to be an industry. So I'm I'm kind of like in the mid-level. I'm before all that big, big stuff you hear, you know, the Lemma Gods, the all that Slayer, like all that stuff that's up there. I'm I'm below that, but I'm the guy that's in the machine that's with others working to, well, let's try this band out. Let's try this band out. Because if we don't do that, there's nobody doing that. There's no, there's not gonna be no more slayers, you know. So, or Panteras or whatever. So you, that that's, these guys came like that. They're playing little bars, killing it. And then people are like, let's give them a shot, you know? So even if I'm a stepping stone, I'm happy with that. It doesn't matter to me. It's just about the idea of developing, keeping preservation of what we have, you know? Makes sense. So I was curious about something like, okay, so you as a band, band member, so like Cataclysm does a lot of headlining. But you guys have also done some support slots, like recently. I think you guys did the Deicide tour, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, how we do you? Had a lot of fun. We did it twice because we had a lot of fun on it. So, like, so how do you kind of figure out? Like, is it what's more worth it for you to headline or to go out and support? Like, so it's a thought process. And that, and that, and then, and that's that's a good question. And 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 honestly, it's really because um, if if we go. If we go on a headliner tour, right, and yeah. we do we do okay, right, but for example, Deicide is a very strong band. It's it's been around forever, uh, and it has credit like the good credibility you want, you know, and um, they're just a stronger band in the United States. So for us to try and play after them didn't make sense, and you kind of have to know your place, you know, as well. Um, we brought a lot of people to the to the tour, but at the end, Deicide is Deicide, you know, and it's like um, there's camaraderie there. But at the end, it's really it's really about you know the numbers again. It always comes down to that, right? They have a history, we have a history. I understood that I prefer to be supporting bands in the United States. I don't like to go headliner because I might do really well in Chicago or New York or whatever. But then I'll go in. I don't know. Uh, but for cataclysm it's kind of the opposite we do really well in the south and then we go in the north it's kind of miss hit and miss and i don't like that like i i want to be solid across the board and to do that i prefer this is my strategy here i prefer to give the responsibility to somebody else to do that ah so i i'm going to be right under it then that's just strategics right in europe i'm way more confident so i do a way more you know i do a lot more headlining there you know because i know what i'm going to do uh, in my, I look at my numbers for the last 10 years, 15 years, they're pretty much stable. So I know that that's what I'm going to do when I go there. So it's a lot easier to headline and there's more money when you do that. So there's a lot, there's, there's more risk, more money, 
it's, it's kind of life, you know, in general. So that's that's pretty much the same. So, so that that's how we project it, right? You you have a history. Everybody's gonna try. Everybody has to try to go as a headliner. Everybody, because if you don't go as a headliner, you're never gonna have the numbers that represent your band. So you'll never get the opportunity to go on bigger tours. So it's like people be like, have they ever headlined? No. Yeah. Well, we don't know what they're worth. So we're not bringing them unless you're friends connected, same management, then maybe you get that shot. Like sometimes I'll do that. I'll go to one of my bands, like a septic flesh or something like that. And I'll be like, Hey guys, this is a really cool band. I have a really good buzz like with these guys. Uh, they haven't headlined, but maybe they could open your tour. What do you guys think? You know, I could do that. Like I try and push something that says, and they'll be like, we don't know him, but we'll help you out. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? And then, and then things happen. And that that's exactly how it kind of works in our world. But like I said, the elite world, I call them, it's a different ball game. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that or you're not in. So, yeah. And I don't like that world too much, personally. I've been more happier just being under the radar, you know? So you said earlier that bands can pretty much do almost everything themselves now, except for the touring. Mm -hmm. So would you say that it's better for a band to be connected with a touring agency than with a label? Um, like higher priority? It's a really good question. And, and so... If, if 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 it was me, I still believe record labels can give you the marketing you need. And this, you get associated to bands that are already established. I wouldn't sign a record deal for eight albums, which a lot of bands are forced to do. Because the label is going to be like, we'll sign you for one record with seven options. Meaning that they get to choose the seven options that are following. You don't get to choose if you stay or not. You're forced to stay if they say that they'll, yeah, we're taking the option. We're taking the option. That's eight records is a whole career for a lot of bands. You know, that's like 20 years. So, so I would sign for one record if you're able to do it. And if you have a really good buzz or maximum two, you use the record label to get to the next level, getting exposure everywhere because they have an entire marketing team. And then you can try maybe if you're good, you got a good buzz, your streams are high, go on your own, right? Or release your first record on your own. And like I said, get your own buzz going, then sign to a record label, do one record or two, and then maybe go back to that. Because the best, the best situation you can have right now is owning your own music. You own everything, it's 100% yours. And then if you have an agency, and you have a buzz and you have an agency that puts you on the road, you don't need anything else. You're making all the money, you're, you're, you're on your own, you know, it's, it's, it's way better. But it's difficult because you need marketing. You need, you, you need to still invest money, right? So you might, you might, it's kind of cool in the beginning. It's like, see it this way. You want to open a restaurant. You might not have all the capital. You have to go to the bank. So record labels are like the bank, right? They send, they'll give you a bit of money, marketing, they push you out there. And, then your product sells your 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 pizzas are selling your burgers or whatever you're doing they're selling and then you have your business you pay back the bank or you don't pay them depending if your contract's over and then you walk out and then you know i'm on my own now you could do that you know or you can stay as a partner and then build diff more businesses so it depends 
depends on what you want to do. Some some bands don't want the responsibility of all that. They're like, here's my music. You do everything. I'll take my cut. I make my money on the road. There's a lot of bands that do that. I just feel like, for example, Cataclysm has been with the same record label for, you know, we're the oldest band signed to Nuclear Blast. We've been there since 94 or 93, I think. It's a long time, right? So we've been there for so long that my career, they own my catalog. So for me to start over now on my own, it doesn't make sense. You know, so it depends. If you're a young band, I would give it a shot, you know, because the world's just changed now. It's not the same as it used to be, right? There's no more print mags, you know. I used to love those. There's no more no. of those. Just decibel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well, we ended up talking a lot about touring today, and um, we're pretty much out of time, actually. So I have just one question that okay. is tour related left. Yeah, sure. Um, I was listening to your conversation with Dan Defonce. Okay. And you mentioned eating Taco Bell on tour. Did you get the Feed the Beat sponsorship ever? No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy sh I, Okay. I, I should have. So it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't know. That's like, I mean, Taco Bell for me was uh you know the place to go when you know when you're touring and when i and that I'm, we're talking about a long time ago now um i gotta eat real mexican now right but back then that was a survival food <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah. you could feed a whole band for 20 bucks you know what i mean so it was yeah. a, a different game you know but i would yeah. uh, you know that little story around that i i was in uh we toured mexico uh on that thing right that's uh, we we were there for a month in a time where we started in juarez mexico and ended up in acapulco we toured the whole country and nobody's ever done that again and there's a reason for it it was insanity to do that and and you know we got a tour bus with no bunks i mean crazy stuff happened there but i was so crazy brainwashed that the first thing i did when we got it back into el paso is i went to taco bell <laughs> my first meal in the states was taco bell coming out of mexico so yeah that's that's the taco bell story that uh has stuck with me for all of this time amazing, amazing. Yeah. well thank you again so much for coming on the podcast oh thank you guys Sweet. thank you thank you so much everyone listening i hope you learned something great today i know i learned a lot Same. and until next time make like a bull and throw those horns up hell yeah if you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.